welcome to the first episode of Top of the Card, a new wrestling review podcast. I'm Ian Hamilton. You might recognise my name from 411 Wrestling as the guy who covers New Japan and way too much other stuff. I don't have the time to write about wrestling as much these days, so I'm hoping to find the time to talk about it and go back to an old stomping ground. Back in 2007, I used to host a wrestling podcast called Ringside Live. The format of that podcast was slightly different. And besides, there's way more shows these days that covers news, does interviews, and all the mainstream TV shows. What I'm hoping to do with Top of the Card is talk a lot about the wrestling I watch, and perhaps open some eyes to shows, promotions, and wrestlers that might not be getting the buzz in the usual places. At least one show per episode will get what I'm calling the Top of the Card treatment, looking more in-depth at the card itself, how matches came to be, and what lies next for everyone involved in the shows. You can follow us on Twitter at Top Card Podcast, or head over to our podcast page at topofthecard.com. So, first episode, where do we begin? Well, we're going to save the rest of it for later, so let's take a look at the first big shows of the year out of New Japan, that is the first two nights of Wrestle Kingdom. Now, I've only seen the first two Tokyo Dome shows, I'm cheap and I didn't get that New Japan v. Noir pay-per-view. To be honest, from seeing some of the live reports, at least for technical issues, probably just as well I held off. So we start January 4th at the Tokyo Dome, front of a crowd of 12,047, running through the results. So we had the New Japan Rambo in the pre-show. Now the rules of this one, of course, elimination by going over the top, being pinned, submitted or disqualified. And the rule set this year was the final four would go through to a four-way match on night two to determine the 2022 King of Pro Wrestling provisional holder. The winners of this one, Minoru Suzuki, Chase Owens, Toru Yano and Seema. Seema, of course, a surprise entrant, as was Tatsumi Fujinami. Fujinami's, ma- Fujinami's marking his 50th year in pro wrestling, just like New Japan's marking their 50th year later in March. On the main card, Yo Pinch Show, shade over 12 minutes. Match that was fine, but I don't know these two, just don't seem to be surprising, not gelling well. Maybe it's all the spanner and the interference bullshit with Show. But they're setting up three matches. This clearly wasn't a blow-off. Second match, Kenta, Taiji Shimori, El Fantasmo defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. Rocky Romero and Raisuke Taguchi by disqualification. This one was to build up both the junior tag title match and the Kenta-Tanahashi match for next night. The main takeaway, Tanahashi snapping using a kendo stick on Kenta. That got uh, Tanahashi disqualified. Next on the undercard, Will Ospreay, Jeff Cobb and Great Okan pinning Bushi, Sanada and Tetsuya Naito. It's a row two show match, you know, nothing really special. This is the kind of match with people who are up in arms about just even being on the Wrestle Kingdom card. You know, okay, we're doing the two nights, well, three nights this year, but if you're going to have to pad it out of undercard tags like this, what's the point? Now we're getting the meat and potatoes of the card. Katsuyori Shibata's first match back in nearly five years against a mystery opponent. Mystery man was Ren Narita and the supposed grappling rules changed at bell time. This one was uh, you know, quite a nostalgia trip. You know, obviously it wasn't the Shibata of old, but just seeing them back in the ring, you know, doing something close to a proper match. And the comeback trail is good. The problem we now get is, and now what for Shibata? You know, you've got a guy who, you know, if you believe the story that this was changed on the fly, him going to business, you know, I've don't think that is the case, but you're telling the story that he's you know, kind of rushing himself back in. Well, you've got a guy who, Kayfabe, is telling people he's ready to go. 
So you can't exactly go back to advertising, you know, special rules, grappling rules. Shabbat is not on the upcoming Golding Series 2, which is starting late this month and running through February. So who knows what's going to happen with him next. Next up, a match I really don't want to talk about. Evil against Tomohiro Ishii. 12 minutes, 10 seconds, Evil wins the title. I really want to get this out of my mind, so we'll move on to the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team title match. Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto pinning Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. A little over quad for an hour. Um, this one was a bit of a surprise. Pretty much they called a blowout win for Goto and Yoshihashi. Enjoyable for the time, but not very definitive. And we'll see who's next for Yoshihashi and Goto, and also what's next for Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Top two matches now, El Desperado pinning Hiromu Takahashi in 16 minutes 18 seconds to retain the junior heavyweight title. Uh, this felt more like a crowning of Desperado as the new top junior heavyweight in New Japan, rather than what a lot of people expected was Hiromu winning the title back. Uh, had been some chatter of Hiromu moving up, I don't think we're going to be seeing that, not immediately. And in fact this one went 16 minutes, you know, not the long match people were expecting, bit for sprint. Uh, Definitely could see another go-around, but as we'll see on day two, there are other plans. And in the main event, Kazuchika Okada pinning Shingo Takagi in 35 minutes 44 seconds to win the World Heavyweight title. Yeah, this was not the match I think Cole expected. You know, they're doing the two titles malarkey again. Not a fan of that whole setup, but it's a convoluted way to set up two main events for the two dome shows. Yeah, it was a good match. I went four and a half stars on it, if that's your kind of thing. Um, it's really much of the Okada-Takagi match where Shingo won the title originally from, of course. And as soon as they went down the storyline of Okada winning the G1, going almost undefeated, kind of was writing on the wall there what was going to happen in the Tokyo Dome. Of course, Okada, new champion. He retired that V4 belt that he brought back from winning the G1. And now, yeah, Okada on top, at least come out of day one of Tokyo Dome. We will talk about where he is going next, but first, the Night 2 show. January 5th from the Tokyo Dome, crowd of 6,379. Yeah, you could say oh, it's gone down by half compared to Night 1, but when you look at the you know, other two Night Tokyo Dome shows, we've had you know, the second night always suffers. You know, it's not really an indication of who's on top of the card. It is what it is. Um, personally, I think when if and when Japan gets out of pandemic and the world gets out of pandemic and when restrictions go I don't really see New Japan sticking with two night dome shows I can see them doing maybe something like what they've done this year one night for Tokyo Dome and the other night at the Yokohama Budokan but as for the night two card well we had a bunch of pre-show matches which you know were thrown on with uh, a few hours notice needless for all under cards you no know, style tags Seem to set up stuff for the Golden Series 2 that starts later this month. So just blitz through Tomaki Holmer, Togi Makabe, and Yuji Nagara over Gedo, Jado, and Badlock Fale. Master Wato, Satoshi Kojima, and Hiroyoshi Tenzan over El Desperado, Takamichinoku, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. The notable thing from that one, they're going in the direction of Master Wato being the next challenger for Desperado. I mean, look, Wato's first year in New Japan wasn't exactly great, you know. His run in Mexico on excursion wasn't exactly rave reviews. Doing the best for Super Junior towards the end of last year. You know, he's starting to pick up a consistency. It's a harmless challenger for Desperado. It's one I don't see a title change, but 
know, you've got a limited pool of juniors. You're not getting that many guys in from abroad for the moment. So why not? It's probably the best way to phrase that. And then the last match on the undercard, Shingo Takagi, Hiromu, Takahashi and Bushi over Duki, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. They're probably the best of the undercard, but it's just getting names on the bill. On to the main card now, Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask beat Rocky Romero and Rice Taguchi. Also, El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori to retain the junior heavyweight tag titles. Uh, so, two stories coming into this. Of course, Taguchi was the 69th uh, junior heavyweight champion. He would have been the 69th uh, junior heavyweight tag team champion had they won. Of course, he can still do that. Eagles and Tiger Mask are still the 68th junior heavyweight tag champs. The other story coming out of this is we finally got some resolution to the El Fantasma loaded boot story in what looked like a solid Pringle covered in tinfoil. Yeah, it's been resolved, so I guess now he's on the next uh, Golden Series Tour. Not going to have the sudden death as much you'd expect. Uh, yeah, so that clearly looks to be heading towards uh, Taguchi and uh, Rocky Romero to assume in the next junior title match, but we shall see where we come from there. Second match of the main show, we finally had a stardom feature match on the main New Japan uh, Tokyo Dome shows. So this one, well, the past the stardom matches were dark matches, then they eventually got broadcast to New Japan World. This one, the main card, so of course it got broadcast. Uh, Sai Kamitani and Tam Nakano against Starlight Kid and Mayo Iwatani. Uh, pretty good match. Um, again, it's why I say every year when they do these, you know, a lot of folks don't watch stardom or don't pay that much attention to it. It's the kind of match where you know, a lot of moves thrown in. It's going to be the kind of thing that will make people pay attention to stardom long term. I guess we'll see. I mean, you know, stardom do seem to be adding more and more names. Uh, it is a promotion I'm hoping to keep a bit more, hoping to pay a bit more attention to this year. But again, we'll see what happens with stardom, especially you know with the ongoing restrictions. Next up, we had the KOPW 2022 Provisional Trophy match. Uh, Minoru Suzuki beat Toriyano, Seaman, Chase Owens. Shade over six minutes. Ah, eh, it is what it is. You know, it's finally somebody new holding the trophy going into the start of the year. I think with Suzuki, you know, we've had two years of Yarnona's comedy stuff. Suzuki, you'd expect, will be you know slightly more serious on this. So again, we'll see where they go with that particular title. Uh, another title which maybe not been as good as it was last year. Show Evil and Yujiro Takahashi pinned Yo Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. A shade under ten minutes to retain the Never Openweight Six Man uh, titles. Obviously, uh, Goto, Yoshihashi, Nishi. Had that long run just over a year of six-man belts that ended last year. Had some pretty good matches of that. You ain't getting that for House of Torture. It's more you know, unadulterated bollocks. So let's get rid of that and move on to the next match. Uh, Snyder against Great Khan, 13 minutes. Yeah, you know, this one just didn't click for me. You know, Great Khan, I'm one of those who's firmly in the camp Khan. Snyder, he's one of those who he's had the chances whatever reason he just doesn't seem to have clicked off really settled in and this one it was there no nothing wrong with it but nothing really made me excited shame but it is what it is Tetsuya Naito pinned Jeff Cobb uh, just over 15 minutes really good match uh, Naito chipping away Cobb apparently came with an injured knee and seems to come out with an injured knee uh, beaten the end and you know weird win because of course Cobb almost undefeated in the G1 this loss kind of pushes them away from the top for reasons we'll see later. Semi-main Hiroshi Tanahashi pinned Kent in 22 minutes 40 seconds in an ODQ match. 
he wins back the IWGP United States Championship and yeah this was pretty close to an attitude day with Plunderball. Um you know, we had a goddamned that had to have been a legit fifteen foot ladder. They beat each other up and if you look at that laundry list of injuries Kenta came out of the Tokyo Dome with, I mean he got pulled from the uh, Noah uh, Wrestle Kingdom show. It, he didn't leave in good shape. Um you know, again I don't know if this was made no DQ thing to you know, use smoke and mirrors. But it was entertaining for all the wrong reasons. And just an example of why Hiroshi Tanahashi may not be on top. But, you know, still the ace in a lot of people's eyes. And the main event, uh, Kazuchika Okada pinned Will Ospreay in just over 32 minutes. Returns for a World Heavyweight title. Um, so, yeah. So, after that one, we had uh, Naito come out to challenge Okada for first title shot. And, yeah, I mean, this kind of was getting up before, you know, Obviously, with the pandemic, there's still, uh, you know, obviously the issues. Japan still has the uh, travel restrictions. No, or very few foreigners get into the country. Work visas aren't being approved, so the pool of foreign talent is small. I mean, so on these two shows, you know, very limited to you know, Battle of Farley, Chase Owens, you know, Osprey, Cobb. You know, not that many names compared to what we've seen in years gone by. But, uh, yeah, Okada against Naito, it's a match we've done before. Is it really special? I mean, it depends, you know, how invested you are. I mean, the fact we're doing this, you know, towards the end of the Golden Series tour, you know, we're not doing a new beginning this year, so that's kind of a proxy for that in 2022. My only concern is what is the big feud that we're going to have with Okada? I mean, you've got the anniversary show in, I think it's March 1st, then the New Japan Cup, which is going to be another monster tour. It may be one where Carl is going to be champion with you know a few spots, a few spotty challenges and you know, challenges here and there, who have some credibility but not really, you know, genuine threat. You would say, and then we see what goes with the G One and see where Japan is in terms of restrictions and of course the roster, and see where we are this time next year. But clearly, the plan was to have a card as champion in time for the 50th anniversary. They've got that. Is it going to coincide with crowds being back and the old style crowds being back? We'll have to see how we progress out of this pandemic. Right, so I haven't uh, had a chance to see the New Japan versus Pro Wrestling Noah show. I'll be dropping on New Japan World and Wrestle Universe later this week, so probably get around back for the next episode. Can move on to some other stuff, and this will be you know, dotting around a little bit. First up, WXW's 21st anniversary show was just before Christmas last year. It's been uploaded to the WWE Network and Peacock uh, last weekend, so if you've got subscription to those or WXW now, well, dig in. Quick run through the card, uh, Icarus and Dover pinned Stephanie Mays and Fast Time Mudo to retain the World Tag Team titles. Mays looked to re-injure knee early on. She did wrestle the next night for the German Wrestling Federation in Berlin, where it looked to get worse. Uh, she, of course, wrestled through this match, but ended up being caught for crossfire if the arrows retain. We'll see what the plan is for Mood, or at least uh, with Maze being down. Best wishes for speedy recovery, and hopefully it's not as serious as it first looked. Bobby Guns and Michael Knight went to a double countout, just under 13 minutes. So this was originally advertised as a shotgun title match. Of course, it wasn't for the title. Uh, Knight lost the shotgun title to Norman Harris the night before in Balkan. So the double countout sets up for another go-round. We're now 1-1-2. One, one, uh, Guns won the first match between these two in June 2021. 
night one rematch for next month. There's a match to decide who gets the number 30 spot and the shortcut of the top rumble. We had a time limit draw back when Knight was shotgun champion back in November. Now, of course, this double count out. Uh, the rubber match was originally set for the Dead End show in Hamburg next month. That's been moved from February to July due to indoor restrictions in Hamburg. So that match has now been moved to this weekend's Back to the Roots in Oberhausen. Run down the card for that in a moment. Next up, we had the returning Absolute Andy pinning Norman Harris in just under three minutes to win the shotgun title. It's the last belt that Andy hadn't won, so he's now a WXW Grand Slam winner, having had the shotgun, Unified World Wrestling, and Cosmic Tag titles in the last few years, which is pretty impressive. Now, if you've been watching the close set of WXW shows from Shotgun 2020, you'll remember there's been a bit of needling between the pair, and Harris has been overly confident after regaining the title. It's set up for a fall, didn't think it was going to come this quickly, but... We've got Absolute Andy back. Uh, of course, Shotgun title is defended in random choice lottery, so who knows, we might see a few more goals around this down the line. Next, we had Robert Dreisker beating Vincent Heisenberg by disqualification. So there's been a feud between uh, Dreisker, of course, he's the head coach of the WXW Academy, and Anil Marik. They've been facing uh, Maggot and Vincent Heisenberg on and off now. Well, mostly on for the last six months. Uh, finish came when Baby Allison grabbed a toolbox from under the ring. Heisenberg used, obviously, Q. And that's setting up a 2-3 handicap Kafik Schlacht at the Back to the Root show this weekend. It's a cage match war games uh, type deal. Um, now, the has been logical. I mean, you look at the star ratings, you think I hate it, but it's not the case. The storyline we've had was started off back on those close set tapings with Heisenberg not wanting to tag with uh, Marek in the WXW Tag Title Tournament and it's gone with uh, with Heisenberg joining uh, Maggot and Baby Allison had the two teams feuding and this is where the bluff seems to be um, no, it's a natural feud it's been booked logically, it's been written out logically you've had you no know, matches, you've had scraps after matches so it's been the beauty of WXW and their storylines work, you have stuff where maybe not guys who you'd look at and go oh they're going to be you know, generating match of the year kind of matches but the storylines and the matches engage you, and that's what wrestling should be all about, not asterisks on spreadsheets. And I'm guilty of that, but... Next up, Walter against Kawa Noir. Walter pinned Kawa in just under 25 minutes. This looked to be Walter's farewell for now. Obviously, he's in, uh, in NXT 2.0, uh, just before the, well, the turn of the year. Um, of course, Walter's having his farewell match in NXT UK at Moe's. I'm recording this against Nathan Frazier. So originally, WXW had Caronoir in the in a ladder match for a number one contendership spot. He's pulled from the ladder match for this. It's a first-time meeting. Now, of course, Caronoir won uh, Carrot 2020, and he's been kept in high-profile outings when he has been around. Um, this pretty much was a showcase for Walter. You know, he didn't seem to be in too much danger of losing. But at the same time, it wasn't like he was lapping Caro, you know, so far ahead. Um, it is interesting to see what they're going to do with Caro Noir. I mean, like I say, he's won Carrot. He was the uh, runner-up in the first Catch Grand Prix in 2020. You know, lost for a title shot at the anniversary, the delayed 20th anniversary show earlier this year. You know, he's there thereabouts, but, you know, obviously with travel restrictions, can't really put the belt on someone whose arrival you know, could be, you know, cut off at the moment's notice, I mean, literally the day after the show uh, happened, 
Germany blocked arrivals from England, so at least while things up in the air, you know, probably makes sense for us to be keeping the title on someone in who's least based in Germany. But yeah, it was a really good match. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm that big of a fan of Carl Noir, but you know, this one he more than held his own. Not losing didn't do any damage to him. Uh, like I say, it's a farewell for Walter. He did his usual, you know, old school ring comp speech. Walks off to America now, and we'll see, you know, if and when he can come back. You know, compared to the, you know, every once in a while uh, appearance he's been doing in the past. After the break, we had Levaniel winning the ladder match against Igor Blanc, Dennis Stolnik, Hector Invictus, and Tristan Archer. So Levaniel wins a title shot, which he's getting it back to the roots uh, this weekend. That's a fun ladder match. Um, main story going in, Dennis Stolnik and Hector Invictus. So throughout the empty arena show, Stolnik has been in his mind partnering with Hector. They worked well together, accidentally. Uh, Tristan Archer you know, has had a few title shots, but you know, he's snapped. He's on the dark side now, if you want to call it that. Uh, so... Levaniel winning, it's an interesting choice. I mean, he's not fairly new to this. Um, you know, he, he is a bit of a cult favourite in Oberhausen and amongst the XW faithful. Do, we, do I really see him beating um, Axel Tischer? Probably not, but again, it should be a fun one. And again, just look at all the storyline arcs. You've got you know, Dulnik and Hector. They're you know, mostly off and on. Uh, friendship, Tristan Archer, you know, Going dark because of the way you know he's not been able to you know win out. Obviously, we had you know the back end of the empty arena tapings. He had an injured knee, carried into the Blitz Junior and all that. So, yeah, be interesting to see where they go in 2022. Eva Klasky pins Sky Smithson to retain the women's title. It works with rebooted the women's division uh, since back end last year. Same issues, you know, we've got most uh, European wrestling promotions. The talent pool is there. Problem in mainland Europe and has been like this for a while is this pool is there but not that experienced relatively speaking. You know, everyone needs reps of you know, bringing in a Sky Smithson who has been in Dubrexel before or you know, has been a trainer with Dubrexel before. You know, it's one of those getting in a name that maybe isn't quite so obvious but you know, it worked. You know, obviously uh, Kalaski you know, wasn't exactly uh, slated to lose. She's retained the title and I I think as of uh, this recording, I don't think she's slated for Back to the Roots, but again, no, you know, the world's still upside down. we see where uh, the women's division in WXW goes and who they get to use going forward. And in the main event, Axel Tischer pinned Jörn Simmons in 1830. He retains the Unified World Wrestling title. So first go-round back in November, I want to say, in Frankfurt, uh, Tischer won, but was deemed to be a double pin after the fact. Uh, they didn't reverse the decision, they just gave um, Yearn a rematch. This time around, of course, Axeman won, but was a poke to Yearn's eye towards the end. Looks to be set up another rematch. And you know, bearing in mind that you know, Tisha's got a match at Back to the Roots, dead end in February's cancelled, not rescheduled, sorry. Is this going to be the Championship Saturday main event for 16 Carol Gold weekend? Seems to be heading that way. Next up, of course, with the XW is Back to the Roots this coming Saturday in Oberhausen, back at the first Turbine Hall. Announced so far, as we've said, the Kefik Schlacht match, uh, Robert Dreisker and Anil Marik against Margaret Vincent Heisenberg and Baby Allison. Levaniel against Axel Tischer for the Unified World Wrestling title. The returning Sense of Alto teams with Eigel Blanc to challenge Icarus and Dover for the World Tag titles. Absolute Andy in the Shotgun Lottery match. 
Uh, Bobby Guns against Michael Knight in a no time limit, no DQ. There must be a winner match. Uh, Peter Tarnie against Fast Time Mudo. Tristan Archer against Francesco Akira. Jörn Simmons against the newcomer Oscar, who touch him in a second. And there's likely to be a bit more added to these cards. Obviously, with Dead End being uh, rescheduled, there's no real big shows until, I believe, it's Sean Bielefeld. So, Rope 16 Carol Gold. So, anything they're going to be setting up for carrots or or tournament matches you'd likely see coming out of this. And yeah, the one thing I just want to touch on with Oscar, so obviously WXW coming out of the close set days, a lot of their shows on the WWE Network and Peacock. Um, he's a name to keep an eye out on. He you know, debuted again, I think, in Frankfurt, uh, beat Norman Harris in his debut, and he's one of those guys who looks completely different and is a completely different prospect to most of the roster. And that's not a slight the guys to work through your book. I mean, you know, the way they presented him, you know, he's a trainee of Badal Kfale, the Fale Dojo, had a brief time in the New Japan Dojo at the start of the pandemic. Um, you, know, you take a look at him, he's a big lad, he's you know, he'll, especially when he fills out, he's going to have, you know, a, a monster impression. I mean, right now, he's somewhat comparable to Walter, at least in terms of the general look. Get experience under him if he fills out and I'd say crucially get some kind of you know, couch or whatever under him, this guy is going to be a star, mark my words. Going to do a few touch points here. So Ref Pro, um I'm gonna dip into this one a bit more on the second show we do, hopefully. They're running this Sunday in Portsmouth, I believe time of recording all they have announced is Mariah May against Charlie Evans, but at the moment their on demand service is horribly behind the last update of time of recording this was the last live at the not cockpit show from this past December. So right now we've got a show in Southampton, St. Nate's and this past weekend's live in London show on the backlog. Cage match doesn't even have results for the Southampton and St. Nate's shows, which kind of tells you where we are with those. Uh, I believe the Southampton show should be due up any day now. We'll see. Um, and hopefully the January London show will be up before we hit the month of February. Let's see. Going across town in London, Progress, they'll be running their first show with fans in almost two years in uh, Sunday weeks, January 23rd. If you've got the network or demand Progress, they've uploaded a four-hour recap of the empty arena shows they did in 2021. Basically, a load of 10-minute uh, video packages for each chapter show. They did 23 of those, that's why it's so long. Um, personally, it's not a bad idea. They probably should have cut it into half. You know, a four-hour video on the network is not exactly appetizing the best of times. Uh, but yeah, if, if you want to catch up before you go, or if you do go just to see what they've done last year, there you go. For the card they have for January 23rd, uh, they're still keeping the chapter names. I think this one is And The Word Is Progress. Uh, the main event is a rematch, Chris Ridgway against Cara Noir for the Progress title. This one, they're calling first of three falls. It's best of five falls. It's not the no, same thing by any other name. Uh, based off of the fact that when they did an Ironman match, it was a 3-3 tie. So they're saying first to get three falls wins. Um, that should, you'd expect, make a definitive finish, but we'll see. Sunshine Machine, that's TK Cooper and Chuck Mambo. They'll challenge with Smoking Aces, uh, Nick Riley and Charlie Sterling for Progress Tag Titles. Of course, uh, Sunshine Machine won the Rev Pro Tag Titles this past weekend in London. Going to make it uh, two tag titles in three weekends. 
guess we'll find out. Number one contenders match, uh, Dan Malone, Roy Johnson, Jordy Fleisch, Malik, Warren Banks and Manlike Therese. A six-way match, winner gets a shot at Ridgeway or Caro Noir. Expect maybe next chapter of the next one. Charlie Evans returns to progress, she takes on Lana Austin. Rio against Mercedes Blaze. Gene Money against Kid Lycos. Martino against Tonga. And Dean Allmark takes on the debuting in progress, Axel Tischer. I've got a standing tick for this one, see what the new progress looks like. And, yeah, probably you know, hold off any kind of editorial until we see what it's like. Obviously, there's been a lot of back and forth on what the new ownership's being perceived to be. But let's see what the end product's going to be, if there's any change, at least to begin with. So, for the top of the card segment on our debut episode, I'm going to be looking back at the Restival. This was a four-day event held at the White Eagle in Worcester, Massachusetts, over New Year's uh, Eve. 2022 had shows from likes of pizza party pro wrestling of course beyond action southern underground pro h2o wrestling uh blitzkrieg pro were due to being part of a lineup but pulled out late because of covid related issues uh, i've got reviews of uncharted territory and the beyond heavy lies of crown show up on 411 and back body drop if you want to have a look at those uh, we're gonna have a quick run through all of the other shows so the first show was pizza party pro with big eyes bigger dreams uh, quick run through, Loppies will be names, uh, Little Mean Kathleen against Brother Greatness, she pinned Brother Greatness in 6 minutes, uh, Jade Newman won a freeway over King Crab and Pancakes, Karen Bam Bam beat Brooke Valentine, the main event, that's J-Line and Midas Black, because somehow in the US Indies you've got multiple teams with the same name, thankfully with different gimmicks, but come on lads, you know, fight for death, not quite for death, but just fight and one we change your name, so we have main event, J-Line, Midas Black beat Salt of the Earth, that's uh, Matt Mikowski, Travis Huckabee. Kings of the District, Elo Neal and Jordan Blade, and Violence is Forever, that's of course is Dominic Guarini and Kevin Koo. Robbie Radke beat Big Game Leroy, Kennedy Copeland beat Miles Millennium, and main event was Mask vs Mask, best 2 out of 3 falls match. Uh, Avery Good and Dan Champion won 2-1 against the outfields, that was Boomer Hatfield and Shane McCoy. Main event of this was if the outfielders lost, Boom would have to unmask, whereas if Avery Good lost, he would have to go back under a mask to finish off his career under the presumably the Dasha Hatfield moniker. Uh, Avery's already said he's down to his final few bookings, so there was that tease that he would have had his full circle moment and presumably not gone back being an ultimate breakfast or communist bovine. Unfortunately for Boomer, this was his full circle moment. Uh, he originally debuted at the White Eagle in July 2018. And he ended up losing his mask as the former Dash Hatfield ironically got revenge for losing his mask back in Chicago in May 2019. Uh, Boomer Hatfield, I believe, is now going, un, going under the name of Weber Hatfield. So, no, slight tweak to the name, still keeping the gimmick I'd expect. And we move on from there and see what happens with uh, the former Boomer. Following that, Beyond had their season finale of Uncharted Territory. Uh, Dave Yen beat Dave Cole in a impromptu match, or at least not advertised ahead of time. Uh, Teddy Goods beat Richard Holiday in an ODQ match. Becker over Kendi Copeland in 10 minutes. The Discovery Gauntlet Finals, Miracle Generation of Dustin Waller and Kylon King uh, beat above the rest, that's Gabriel Sky and Tristan Ty. Matt Mikowski beat Jordan Blade. Uh, the main event again, Jay Lyon and Midas Black beat the Brick City Boys, Jay Cruz and Victor Chase. Uh, Little Mean Kathleen pretty much squashed Kamzagami in under five minutes. 
and main event was Ryan Gallioni over VSK in 16 minutes. Uh, main takeaways were, of course, Miracle Generation won the Discovery Gauntlet, made up by Dom Green and Kevin Koo afterwards, which set up a match between the two teams at Heavy Lies of Crown. Uh, Matt Mikowski was meant to have wrestled Alex Shelley for the IWTV title on this show. Shelley pulled out for the weekend, so Jordan Blade uh, campaigned for the spot, got it. Fortunately, came up short, but you know, it's a good match for you know, the short time they had. New Year's Eve started with a co-promoted show, Action and Southern Underground Pro, hosting Kevin with four ends like Home Alone. Uh, Jaden Newman over Avery Good. Um, so, like I said earlier, Avery's chipping away at his final matches. We form a, a very good professional wrestler, the guy with uh, Foo Fighters, Best of You on Loop, Ad Nauseam. Yep, it's still in my head. Uh, Newman in action has been a little inconsistent in terms of results. Uh, came short against Matt Sells early in the year, but you know, he picked up a few wins over this weekend. And in theory, win over a big name against like uh, Avery Good should set him up uh, well going into 2022 when action returned to Georgia. Rip Bison over Bobby Flacco in 6 minutes 39. Austin Luke against Pete Youngblood. Luke beat Youngblood. Uh, Ashton Star uh, beat Davey N. So it's a bit of a birthday presence of sorts for Ashton. Again, a big name win as action travelled and bludged up Davey N in the process. Worth checking out. Another one that I would say is worth checking out is Alec Price over Adam Priest. So both Alec Price and Adam Priest, they've been names, been around a lot on the IWTV uh, family promotions, for one better word. Um, Priest has been, I think was the uh, Hoss 16 champion in New South. Uh, he's, held, he's held gold there and he's obviously been a bit of a thorn on the side in uh, action wrestling. Uh, Alec Price came in with the Limitless Wrestling title, which... I wasn't that big of a fan on, kind of gave away the result if you overthink things like I do. Uh, but both these names to keep an eye on, I mean, Price really made a name for himself in beyond the back end of 2021. But definitely Alec Price, Adam Priest, you know, really good match from this action show. They seem to be teasing a rematch, um, but definitely watch this one if you have an IWTV subscription. Anthony Henry and Masha Slamovich went to a no contest after about 12 minutes. Uh, AC Mack run out attacked both of them. Uh, Mack is due to face Alex Shelley in January for the IWTV title. But I guess, you know, if uh, Shelley can't make it, well, now we have a choice of two opponents as a make-up match. So, some logical booking there. And that bled into AC Mack beating Slade in an ODQ match. Um, this looked to be a... How can I put this? Kind of presented as Mac you know, getting a bit of come up and straight away against Slade, who is Beyond's uh, local on hand deathmatch guy, for one better word. But it was just a weird presentation. I mean, after winning the SCI and in action since, Mac's been a good guy, so being portrayed as a baddie here, I, I know what we're going for, but just kind of jarred a little bit. Uh, main event, absolutely a match you should go back and see. Violence is forever. Dom Green and Kevin Koo uh, defeating Hot Wheels, that's Tracy Williams and Wheelie Utah. Uh, the action tag titles, nor the SUP tag titles, are on the line here. Both those held by Violence Forever. Um, this could have been like an exhibition all star match, but this was really damn good. Koo and Green is a tag team really coming to their own in these kind of situations. You know, lots of stretching strikes. Uh, you know, if you've seen Koo and Green before, 
this is going to be right up your alley, especially if you like their stuff. Hot Wheels Bay, back together as a team, you know, uh, trademark baiting Mattel in the process. Um, you know, really good team. Of course, where they, you know, get to uh, tag up together on the Indies, especially with you to being signed to AEW. We'll see, but we've got them. They're good. You no, know, save 20 minutes, give this a watch, and, you know, you'll thank me later. Uh, elsewhere on the New Year's Day, I'm going to go back to Heavy Lies of Crown at the end of this at the end of the segment. So New Year's Day starts with the replacement for the Blitzkrieg Pro Show and we had what they called a soft launch of the Wrestling Open. It's a new series of shows from beyond that'll run on Thursdays. Uh, the gimmick is that it's $10 to get in. Everyone's getting paid a portion of a house so you'll be getting a lot of names who you may not be familiar with. So it's kind of like an open tryout kind of deal. Um, and again, this one was a lot of names on the soft launch card and some of these have come back for uh, beyond in the um wrestling open launch but it was this past thursday a few more of these are back on the shows that we've got coming up but just run through the results mortar beat devantes 50 cal beat king crab uh that one was like four minutes uh cal 50 cal one for avalon shackhammer got a very 80s you know redneck you know mullet red white and blue striped tights got over big live no, again, I don't know if, you know, if he comes back, we'll get the same reaction, but, you know, wrestling needs all sorts of gimmicks and characters. BSK beat Billy Tipton in 9.51. Eel O'Neill defeated Gal Barke in 4.49. Uh, Kennedy Copeland over Brooke Valentine 5.26. Ended a bit short with Brooke uh, seemingly doing her knee or ankle towards the end. Uh, Love Doug beat Travis Huckabee, six minutes, again, pretty short. Uh, Armani Chaos against Jared Diaz. Uh, Chaos won in five minutes. Jordan Blade beat Jordy Threat in ten minutes and one second. Now, the big selling point of the Wrestling Open on its proper launch is all the matches are ten minutes or less. As a firm ten minute time limit, so this and one of the matches breaking the habit. Uh, Elijah Six beat Sammy Diaz. Aaron Rock defeated Ava Everett, Bobby Orlando and CPA in nine minutes and fourteen seconds. Alec Price beat the masked Ichiban in 9 minutes 30. And main event went again over 10 minutes. Uh, Ricky Shane Page and Vincent Nothing beat Dustin Waller and Kylon King in 1244. Uh, H4 Wrestling, they had Masculine Massachusetts on New Year's Day. I'm just going to go through these results quick. I'm not that much of a deathmatch guy. Uh, but Adonis Valerio and Frank Benetti defeated Frankie Picard and Ryan Redfield. Austin Luke went over, went over Reed Walker. In a Chess and Chains match, Bobby Beverly defeated Dale Patrick's Drew Blood, Quaker Iron and Mitch Fallon. Masha Slamovich beat Mickey Knuckles in 1415. Uh, H.R.O. Tag Team Titles, Chris Bradley and Christian Cross beat Anthrax and Gigi Everson. Marcus Mavis went over Anthony Green. Uh, the Danny Havoc Hardcore title saw Lucky 13 retain against Chuck Payne, Declan Grant and Devon Moore. And main event, Barbed Wire Deathmatch saw Kennedy Copeland beat Matt Tremont in 13 minutes 21 seconds. So if you're into your deathmatches, well, HO Wrestling more than gave you that on this show. And the wrap-up uh, was from Limitless Wrestling. Uh, Becker over Anthony Green in 12 and a half minutes. Art, that's the team of Aaron Rock, Ava Everett and Ricky Smokes, beat Love Doug and the main event, yeah, Jay Lion Midas Black. Jody Fred beat Mortar. Ace Romero over Anthony Henry. Uh, MSP, that's Aiden Angle and the Danger Kid, beat the prestigious uh, BRG and uh, Channing Thomas. 
Rip Bison went over Masha Slamovich and the main event. This is one you really need to be putting onto your you know, do watch list if you haven't already. Alec Price over JD Drake in 20 minutes. It's a hot crowd split for the new champ, old champ uh, chanting. So Drake had a shot for title back in August. He lost to the event champion uh, Daniel Garcia. Garcia then lost to Anthony Green, who then lost to Alex Price. So Bit of a change in uh, champions as guys get signed and come out of contracts. Uh, had the obvious size difference here with JD Drake more than putting Matt to work. You know, it's a bit of a proving ground for Alec Price, who you know, it's a bit of a regular map building with Beyond. Uh, midway through the match was a really good counter from a back body drop with Price landing on his feet and coming straight back for swinging DDT. Drake baits Price in for a surprise kick, that's Alex's finisher. Uh, hitting a belly to belly suplex for Price came back for Rana. JD had a 500 drive off the top. Alex somehow survived that. Um, hits the surprise kick. A Price possession, that's a Mystica. And yeah, two surprise kicks get the win for Alec Price. Like I said earlier, keep your eyes on Alec Price in 2022, whether it's beyond limitless, wherever else he pops up, because that guy is going to be all over the place in the new year. And what we're going to wrap up with in terms of results is Beyond's Heavy Lies for Crown. It's uh, Beyond's traditional ring in the New Year event. With the gimmick of the show starts on New Year's Eve. And the main event rings into the New Year. So in this case, yeah, they held off the show. Had an interval that made sure we did that. Just going through the card. Uh, 44-0 debuted in Beyond. So Bobby Beverly, Gregory Iron, and Ricky Shane Page against Club Cam. Uh, Aaron Rock, Bobby Orlando and Bryce Donovan Elo O'Neill beat Vincent Nothing Max Vian Paler defeats Jordy Frett Violence is Forever uh, beats Miracle Generation that's the match race set up on Uncharted Territory uh, JD Drake beats Slade the story of that match was you know, it wasn't no DQ Slade had to wrestle and I guess the story they're telling with Slade is when it's not no DQ he struggles uh, Megan Bain against Trisha Dora. Now, this is a match with Beyond have been trying to do in what feels like forever. Um, you know, being cancelled, being rescheduled. Finally, the match, uh, Bain you know, beats Trisha Dora. And I mean, that's kind of a, you know, how funny the year works. The start of the year, Beyond did the uh, Iron Man match, uh, Trisha Dora against Tony Deppen. Trish won. Uh, Tony Deppen hasn't been back that much in Beyond. Uh, Dora's been there, thereabouts. Uh, but especially the second half of 2021 beyond's been really pushing uh, megan bain you know, undefeated I believe she's been signed by AEW at least she's on you know, being on AEW dark with an entrance and has her uh, ring music which is usually signed some kind of pen papers being put put in there but yeah let's say megan bain uh beat adora uh still undefeated beyond and wr plus you know see where what they can do what lies ahead for megan bain and i mean if you've seen on AEW the uh, Greek goddess gimmick, first big couch she's had, you know, she was in OBW for a while back in the day, uh, dissipated and resurfaced, but definitely 2021 really successful for Megan Bain as far as the repackaging goes. Uh, Vincent de uh, defeats Dan Barry in just under 11 minutes. That was kind of ongoing from the Dan Barry Bill Carr storyline. Of course, uh, Dutch uh, Bill Carr and Ring of Honor beat Dan Barry at Fet Forever. But uh, Vincent attacked afterwards as Ring of Honor's righteous kept the issue alive. Uh, Becker beats Willow Nightingale in 12 minutes. Uh, Alec Price beats Ryan Gallion in 14 minutes. So the original feud for this uh, series of Uncharged Territory was just wrapped up. 
was uh, Beck and Alec Price against Willow Nightingale and Chris Dickinson. Of course, Dickinson getting injured at the New Japan US tapings uh, in the autumn. Not kind of uh, hit the bricks for this. Becker beating Willow, you know, kind of wrapped up uh, part of the storyline up. Uh, Price beating Galeon, you know, cement that ace of beyond status. Like I say, uh, Price has really blossomed and beyond this year. You know, a lot of big wins, you know, by fair means or foul. And you know, if and when uh, Dickinson comes back, you've got that obvious match too. We'll see what happens with uh, Alec Price and beyond and the rest of the indies. Uh, Hot Wheels had another crack of a tag match. Uh, that's of course Tracy Williams and Wheelie Utah. A beat the foundations Jonathan Gresham and Red Titus. Um, yeah, like I say, it's you know, those four guys by name. Three of them were in the foundation ring runner, so you know exactly the kind of match you're going to get. Want to stick onto your watch list again if you haven't done so. Um, then Beyond had another interval as they you know, timed out. The main event Fans Brings for Weapons. Uh, Masha Slamovich defeated Kimberly in 12 minutes 32 seconds. And the build-up Masha had been on a murderous row of opponents. Uh, you know, Slade, Atkus Kogar, Ryan Galeone. Uh, this was a rematch from Fet Forever after Masha beat Kimberly by DQ. Um, it's a fair amount of plunge in this match as you'd expect fans bring weapons. You know, guitars, uh, stop signs, road signs. Um, you know, again, Masha's another one in the same kind of bracket as Alec Price. Been on a bit of a tear and beyond. You know, she's been signed to Impact as well, so... You know, 2022 certainly starting off bright for her and see you know, where things go with Marshall Beat and beyond Impact or wherever else. So before we wrap up, just uh, one thing I want to touch on and kind of links into the restful thing and that's the whole thing of wrestling festivals. Now, you know, we've been used to these, you know, back on WrestleMania weekends and we had the Collective, WrestleCon, you know, the Mov Mania festivals when WWN brought in WXW progress and like to work with Evolve. Since the pandemic we've had a bit of an uptick in roles. You know, obviously we have collectives, you know, restful here. Um and as a viewer it's kind of thing where we want something to be said for variety. You know, over WrestleMania weekend, you no, know, there's not that many idiots like me who will you not know, try and watch every show and then inevitably end up you know, at the end of the weekend getting sick to death of the venues they're in. You know, like, in terms of these uh, festival weekends, you know, October 2020, the Marion County Fairgrounds in Indianapolis, you know, we had that rearranged uh, collective, you know, Game Changer, Black Label Pro, Paradigm Pro, Shimmer, Glory Pro, Southern Underground Pro, AIW and Freelance, you know, a lot of shows over the space of two or three days. And I think by the end of that, we were all fed up with that concrete, you know, the concrete in the round building for one better word um same venues used in july 2021 by the iwtv group of promotions you know uh, icw no holds barred paradigm pro no peace underground and asylum wrestling revolution for all kind of death matches you know i i've watched some of them but like I say i'm not a death match guy and i imagine the same sort of thing or a lot of wrestling in the same building the fans yeah it's easy you know get your ass there in the morning sit through all the shows, then go back to the hotel. But as a viewer, it's the same venue, not very little, if any, visual changes. It can be a bit of a slog to get through, especially if it's promotions you aren't familiar or invested in. Of course, we had another collective event over last WrestleMania weekend. This was outdoors at the Cuban Club in Ebor City, Florida. And, of course, IWTV had their showcase of the independence. 
Bowser BH1B Brewing Company in Tampa. It was an indoor one. Now, yeah, these uh, festivals work well when you've already gotten folks in place for one show. You know, that's why we've had so many of these on WrestleMania weekends. It was that weekend a couple of years back where you know, they tried to do something similar. I believe it was the Summit in uh, Toronto on SummerSlam weekend. Didn't quite work so well. Uh, but when the festival itself is a draw, then you know, maybe that's not quite such a good idea. I mean, you know, booking a venue you know, three or four days out, yeah, it's you know, reduced cost set for ring up, leave it there. But you know, for reviews at home, if you, you know, this is just one guy's opinion, but if you're sitting there watching the same venue three, four days straight, you know, show after show after show, a lot of new names, a lot of new promotions, a lot of guys who you don't typically watch, you know, maybe try some to you know shake things up. I know for all, they did uh, build out for a settle a bit. You know, the first night was just the cardboard cut out of a circus tent. Then they added lighting that made it, you know, at least made the entrance uh, change up a little bit. But just in general, whether it's you know a, another restful, whether it's a collective, whether it's you know whatever we're going to have over the rest of the weekend, try and do something. Even with something like. No, no video screens and just throw up a new logo because believe me, watching all this wrestling and it, it feels hard to differentiate between the two, it's one of those things that does no favours for promotions who are ultimately spending their time getting there and putting these shows on. Anyway, that will wrap it up for the first episode of the Top of the Card podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening. If you want to drop us a message, we're on Twitter. You can at us at Top Card Podcast. Head over to topofthecard.com to subscribe to the podcast feed if you haven't already. Hoping to get this up on things like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the usual places. Of course, tweet out the subscription links and what have you. I've been Ian Hamilton. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you down the line.